We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> Gonna throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Howdy guys, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Today's Monday, January 29th. We are at the end of January. Dude, it's like I just put up my like I just put my tree away, is what it feels like. And for me, it feels like it's lasted a, a whole year all by itself. It's it's crazy. I I don't understand. This January has just been dragging for me. I, I don't get it. Oh, I've I've been so busy that it's it's like it's just flown by and literally I'm looking up and you know, we're three days from February. That's just nuts out of me. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm certainly uh, certainly glad we're rolling into February because I'm excited about some stuff coming up, you know, in our pipeline that I'll get into in a bit. But uh, I'm Rob White, uh, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014. Yeah, and I'm Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. Yeah. And uh, how was your weekend? Was there anything fun going on? Uh, you know what? Saturday, uh, I took the time, went out with some friends and some clients who are also friends kind of thing. You know, we're yeah. fortunate enough to have clients that you have a personal relationship with. Um, and so we all went out to Tad's and had appetizers and drinks. And um, it was it was just really enjoyable to be able to kind of sit around and, and have an adult afternoon out. Went to the chicken and I never go to the bird. So went to Dixie Chicken for a little bit. Got to see our good friend Jordan. Um, hung out, you know, at the bird for a while and then got out of there before, you know, college kids started showing up. So <laughs> got my butt back home. Um uh, then Sunday just had to work, uh, so kind of standard weekend for me. But, gotcha. uh, but yeah, Saturday was really nice. It was it was nice to kind of just be able to have find a little time to kick back with some clients and, and their friends that have been trying to you know kind of catch up with and mm-hmm. holiday schedules and travel schedules and blah 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 blah. I mean, you understand how it is. It's it's hard to hard to put it all together. It always is. Um, yeah, our our weekend was fun. Uh, so. Obviously, nothing crazy going on Friday. Um, I had I had a visitor <laughs> this past week. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, I've uh, recently been dating a a new girl, so she drove in from uh, Bertram. Uh, we had a chance to hang out over the last couple of days. Uh, was getting some work done in the meantime, but uh, on Saturday we rolled on out to San Antonio, played out at the uh, San Antonio Rodeo Barbecue Cookoff. That was a ton of fun. Uh, the people out there were really, really helpful and gracious and took care of us really well. Good food, of course, which is always a plus, you know, Get, getting those getting those barbecue and tacos. We get all kinds of good stuff, but ended up playing a, a really good set. Had about a thousand people out there while we played. Uh, Where was it? Yeah, it was over at the San Antonio Rodeo uh, Fairground. Oh, that was the rodeo one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we played out there and had a great, great crowd out for that. And then uh, Mickey and the Motor Cars closed out the night. And yeah, they're great bands uh, for any of those, any of y'all who don't know who they are. Uh, the Braun brothers are, uh, they're four brothers that are all from Stanley, Idaho, and uh, formed bands up there and moved down to Austin. Two brothers are in a band called Reckless Kelly. The other two are in a band called <laughs> Mickey and the Motor Cars. So it's Mickey and Willie Braun are the two main brothers that have the bands. And so, obviously, sound very similar and very similar styles. But, uh, yeah, Mickey the Motor Cars, great guys. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed getting to play with them. But the big day was uh, yesterday. So we woke up about eight, 9 o'clock, and we just went to work because it was 
shooting for our music video day and we hit the ground running um, basically we're working on our music video for marlboros at midnight uh, which uh, the release date, I believe, is going to be February 23rd. So keep an ear out for that. We'll make the big announcement for it on the 9th. So all of you exclusive listeners know that things are coming a little bit quicker. So benefits to y'all listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, really excited about the music video. Uh, the cinematography, just on the little bits that we've seen pre-editing. I'm very excited for how this video turned out and... Uh, well, you're talking to the new uh, bean cooker of the uh, CJP. I was out there cooking beans all night, smoking my face over a campfire. It was it was a whole deal. We were dressed to the nines. <laughs> it was funny. interesting. Yeah, I saw I saw some pictures. It was cool. Now it it was a really fun experience. Great guys that were working with us, getting us set up, and uh, looking forward to working with them in the future on future projects but yeah for our first big music video that we've had in a couple of years i'm excited to get it out there and for y'all to check it out along with the release of that particular song so those are kind of the two big things i had on my plate and uh now we're getting back into the real world and the sports world and there's plenty of little things going on here and there well, it's funny to talk about what a difference a week makes. You know, we were sitting here a week ago talking about the possible trajectories of, of the basketball programs. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, I still, you know, we've talked about where Joni Taylor is relative to her building a program. And she's obviously still very, very early on. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, uh, we'll start with the women. Um, yeah. It, they kind of ended, ended up, you know, we lost Ole Miss. They lost South Carolina. Um, and so then we both had Missouri uh, and and Florida in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. And so both of us uh, managed to beat Missouri. Um, I thought it was one of the ugliest games I've seen out of the men's side. I did not get to watch the women's game, um, but uh, but you know, I'm I'm just. I, I don't know what to think. Like on the women's side, I understand. Like we're still we're still in the bumps and bruises phase when it comes to the, to the women's program, you know, building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I get that. Uh, you know, you go beat Missouri on the road, which or excuse me, yeah, you go beat Missouri on the road, um, but then you turn around and lose to a Florida team that um, yeah, you've got a better record than. Um, I mean, it was on the road. I mean, so you know, it's a little different. We're in you know, the minute or on a homestand. Uh, the ladies had back-to-back road games. So, you know, to be able to go on the road to Missouri and win is obviously a positive. You know, so you take a step forward, then you take a step back in the Florida game. Yeah. Um, so disappointing. But, again, this is one of those – this this season is still a let it shake out for the women. Um, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. The men, on the other hand, um, I mean, they've got a game at Florida – what day is that? Is that not until the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Saturday. Saturday. They play Florida on Saturday, and it's at home. And it's a must win It is because pretty much you've not backed yourself into a corner where every single one of these games is a must win, which is a shame because you're going to play Tennessee and you know, that's, um, you know, you got Bama on the road, you got Tennessee on the road. Um, and I mean, you still got to play Ole Miss again on the road. And, and so what was thought to be a, a, a positive season um, has just really crumbled quite frankly. Yeah. Um, the shooting is, is beyond poor. Um, so, you know, that enables leaving the nation an offensive rebound. So I guess yay for that. Um, but they don't generally give out trophies for that. Um, 
but the shooting is just abysmal. The free throw shooting has been horrendous relative to what we're, we've been kind of used to. Um, and the offense just looks stagnant. Yeah, it's it's been an unfortunate slide. Uh, we've, you know, at the end of the day, we all really want to see this team win. Nobody wants to see us struggle, of course. But it's it's so frustrating. You have a team like Ole Miss coming into town, which, frankly, based on their previous schedule, yes, it was an inflated schedule thanks to a pretty weak out-of-conference slate. You'd think that was a matchup that we should have led in, and frankly – so did Vegas. I think they gave us like a – I thought we were like a 10-point favorite or something. And we turn around and lose that game at home. And it's it does come down to the shooting, and it's, it's abysmal. I don't understand. It's bad. Oh. And, and and there's always – you know, when you're watching basketball teams, like if for some reason your team can't hit free throws on the road, like sometimes that can just be a thing. Maybe you're not as good of a free throw shooting team as your numbers would state, but you're so comfortable shooting in your own gym. But they're not making free throws at home. This is where they practice. All right, they're not making shots at home. And and so honestly, they're just hanging on for dear life to hopefully make the tournament at this point. And that and it's a I mean, there, there's not much else to say about it other than that. It's it's unacceptable. It, it's just, I mean, I'm 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 not trying to completely trash on it, but you can observe it and and say that you know you had a lot in front of you to be able to kind of set up some stuff as you know, as they're coming down the pipe in the next few weeks, and then you just kind of blow it. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is right now this team is living and dying by Wade Taylor, and that should not be the case. Well, it can't be. We've seen it. It can't be. Somebody else has got to step up or multiple people have to somewhat step up to equal some sort of output to take the pressure off of him because everybody knows who Wade Taylor is, Mm -hmm. right? So everybody's got a key on him. And and I I don't know that – I mean, he takes some questionable shots, but he takes some questionable shots that he makes. So I've kind of quit questioning his shot selection. Um, But I question like his volume of shots, not because I think he's a ball hog, but I think because the rest of the offense is standing around just waiting for Wade to do something. Exactly. And And, and Boots is just having a tough year. I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Boots because if Boots can play like, you know, what we saw last year, then that dynamic between the two of them makes everything okay. But the problem is, is that that's not what we're seeing. At all. Not at all. Um, you're not and, so, and you just, and you leave it at all at the feet of Wade Taylor because you don't have like a true, true big man, which really isn't that much of a thing as, as much as it used to, you know, used to be when we were growing up watching basketball, yeah. but you don't have the length. And when you don't have the length and you don't have the guard play, I mean, I mean, again, yay for the offensive rebounding, but, uh, but again, you're, I mean, you're, you're shooting at a 50 to 60% clips from the charity strat that, that just can't occur, especially at home. Like, especially at home. No, it's so frustrating. And, you know, you lose that fan base very quickly when you can't take full advantage of the environment that's being provided to you. I mean, AM fans have they've been, been showing up, too. They've been showing up. And it's, it's even after disappointing losses. Yeah. It, they're showing up in droves. Whereas, even in previous years, we're, we're used to just, if you're not winning, we're not there. And so it's, I'm yeah. glad the fans are sticking around. And that's cool. And I'm, I'm about it. But at some point, results do matter, and we no, need well, results. No, hundred percent results matter, and 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 again, we've said this to we're blue in the face. Like A and M is just not a basketball school, and I don't know what kind of sustained success it would require for us to turn into more of a basketball school. But 
but we're paying top dollar and we're not getting top dollar results. And and that's we look we just went through this in another sport. Mm-hmm. Well, see, for me, the one thing I want to see is have, I mean, just a consistent tournament team. Get yourself to the round of thirty-two. Get yourself to the Sweet Sixteen on a consistent basis. I mean, is that that hard to ask for? I don't in- think we're asking for that much. I think we're asking for making the tournament probably maybe like five out of eight years on you know on kind of on the reg. Yeah, make the tournament you know five out of every eight years or so. So that's a little bit over a fifty percent clip. Yeah, and. You know, maybe two of those get to the second weekend. We're not asking a lot out of basketball, and that's the thing. Like, we probably ask more out of women's basketball than we do out of men's because we've seen success. And like, we have, and, and that's at least yeah. this millennia. Yeah, and that's true of you know, thanks, thanks to the likes of Gary Blair and what he was able to accomplish in his time at A and M. And you know, he will go down in legend for good reason for his time well, that he did spend well, here. Yeah, they but, named the court after him. Well, yeah, what's amazing is is we saw success out of this program. The AC yeah. days, uh, AC Law, and and AC Fresh. I mean, we yeah. saw some we saw some teams that could compete. Yeah, and even. so then you start to wonder, like, what is it that we're not doing to sustain success that we've actually proven that we can have? Not sure. I really don't know. And I, you know, I don't know if it's so much as it's just lack of support from the university because I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I certainly and I in. <laughs> I know a lot of people like bring up obviously Reed Arena is not being necessarily a top priority place to play, but even so, there's plenty of people that play in way crappier arenas than Reed Arena and still have more success and have way more success. So that's not an excuse. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary necessarily facilities um, because we've shown that we can pack Reed, and even though it's not kind of one of your more standard boxy college type arenas. Um, you know, we can make it loud and we can make it a ton of fun for these guys to play in, but so it's frustrating. Uh, you know, you can't write the season off because there's so much basketball left and and we've yeah. seen Buzz's teams gel, you know, later in the year, but you know, this goes back to what we were talking about, the slow starts in individual games. Like maybe it wouldn't be so difficult if you didn't just dig the hole to begin with. Well, and let's say we go on a run here, you know, and you go on the run, go on the run, and we're getting down late in the season and we're getting a crappy seed late and everybody's complaining like look at what happened in the middle of this season look at the teams you lost to look to the situations that we put ourselves in no reason to lose that lsu game at home absolutely no. none there's no reason to lose that arkansas game on the road there was no reason well, to lose other than the fact home. that it's other than the fact like literally i think it's illegal for us to live like to win in bub walton no so absolutely you can almost swallow that one because we never went up there right you know and it's so you can almost swallow that one but the other stuff has been. Now, I will say this. If if the trade-off is that we don't win at Bud Walton, but we continually beat Arkansas at Jerry World, that's fine. We just got to maintain that when we go back up there and play them in Fayetteville in the next several times that we do play them at football. Well, or just, you know, if if, if you could literally, like if for some reason you just can't win at Bud Walton, then just make sure you split it every year or as many yeah. years as you can that you, you're splitting it. So, you know, home team wins and you just, and you're done with it. Yeah. Um, but that loss, to Ole Miss, was uh, just frustrating. I get, yeah, it's one hundred percent frustrating. And yeah. these losses are just they're they're piling up, and I, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I, I I don't understand how they can continuously start so slowly and so poorly. Um, like at the you know earlier in the season when they made these runs, coming back for these massive deficits, it was like fun, it was exciting, and now it's not anymore. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch them come out flat for the first. You know, until you get the first ATO, what is it like 16 minutes or something like that, like 1630 or 
whatever mm-hmm. the first automatic timeout is, like the media timeout. Yeah. It's not fun to watch us score two points in the first four or five minutes of a game. It's not. No, it's not enjoyable basketball. No. I would like to see these guys come out with a little bit more hair on fire from game to game, of course. And it's we're just, just not seeing it. Well, what's fascinating is like I don't I, I couldn't sit here and tell you why. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, just is it I mean, a lot of they see the tape, they see the scores. So I don't like I don't understand how it continuously happens. I just don't like I'm just I've got nothing for you. To quote the natural, losing is a disease. <laughs> and it just per- it perpetuates and continues. And when you're in a mindset where you just can't win, you it's just can't pervasive. win. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's it's not a I don't think we quite hit the point yet where it's a not winning mindset. No. But I think the problem was is earlier in the year they you have these deficits either come back and win or they come back and make it a great game, you know. Sure. And so and maybe the mindset is, ah, we'll get it, we'll get it back. Like yeah. I, that's the only that's the only thing I can imagine because you look you look at these these slow starts and like are they just mentally oh, no we're fine no we're fine how about be fine and score like that how about how about do that yeah that seems like a very standard thing let's just let's score points novel thought. Just, I'm not asking for many, just some. Yeah. I'm asking for some in the first five minutes of the game. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Like we get to eight to 10 points. Set but, a tone, set a tone, get started. Yeah. The tone is we were ready to play when they blew the whistle. That, that, that would be a good tone. That would be a that phenomenal. Like a good tone to set. Yes. And that will get your crowd into it a lot earlier. And that will maintain energy a lot faster. It's just, it's just way better. Just do that. Novel thought. Yeah, okay, see, we fixed the problem. All right, done. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Anyway. Right. Uh, uh, and then... It's, it's a must-win. It is a must-win, I agree. So we'll see how basketball shakes out, and then I'm sure we'll have a well, lot to talk about after that. If it's not a must-win, it's about as close as you can get to a must-win. And I think it might be a must-win mentally. They, mm. they need to go win a game. I agree. They need to kind of do it wire to wire. Yep. They've shown that they can come back. They they know they've got that in the bag. You know, mm-hmm. what other what other sticks do you have in the bag? You know, what can you hit? You know, what situations can you get yourself out of? Mm-hmm. You know, or what situations can you not get yourself into? Yeah, that, that? that would be better. Yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> they, yeah, actually, they've shown they can get out of these situations, you know, plenty of times. Why don't you prove to yourself that you're not going to put yourself in that situation? So I think there's a there's a I don't know that record wise it's must win, but I feel like um Maybe mentality-wise, this is a must-win. Like, it's, you lose this one, and the win really starts coming out of the sales of even the most positive players. I think we need to leave our uh, our shovels at home because we need to stop digging holes. We, it's we need so to. so bad. We have it's, to. It's, they have to. <laughs> yeah, you've proven you can do it. You don't have to prove it anymore, I promise. And I would love to jump and talk in on the NFL if I gave any kind of crap about this Super Bowl coming up here in two weeks. And all of a sudden, the Super Bowl for me just doesn't have a lot of teeth. About the one exciting thing I have in my heart is I would like to see Brock Purdy do well because I liked what what that kid was, especially at I Iowa State. I thought you were going to say you were looking forward to the Usher halftime show. Oh, that's probably about the one thing, really. Oh, the commercials. Always the commercials. Well, the commercials are fun. Um, I just I just don't have any desire to sit down and watch the Super Bowl. And it's not... If, if, if for no other reasons, because, well, whether it is or not, this playoff has felt scripted at times. 
I'm not saying that it is. I don't necessarily agree with that at all. But the way it's shaping up, the, the likelihood of somehow the Kansas City Chiefs pulling off the win. Well, I'll say this is so. I want. I do. I do want to touch on these games just to touch the well, the ones sure. that just happened. Where I haven't even begun to look at the Super Bowl, but you know, yeah, you know, just from afar, you know, from 500 yards out. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. No, um, but. You know, even if you moderately consider that it might maybe be scripted, the reality is coming out of the AFC, either of those storylines work, though, because sure. if the Ravens win, you get a Harbaugh in the Super Bowl. That's true. Right? So the, the Harbaugh's win football for the year kind of thing? Could have been, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't like – if there was one game that really tells you that it's not scripted, it was probably that one. Probably. Because both storylines work for the NFL in a great way. You're not um, just totally disheartened to see the Lions fold. Yeah. Um, it wasn't because he went for things. Uh, yeah, it wasn't because he went for fourth downs that they wouldn't have been there if he hadn't been doing that all year long. It's true. It was some time, some, well, it untimely dropped passes, like biscuit in the basket type dropped passes. Um. And a really, really lucky ricochet that should have been an interception and turned into a 50-some-odd-yard reception that immediately turned into a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought Jared Goff in the second half, and, and I know Jared Goff had a great year. Um, I've never been high on Jared Goff. And so I thought second-half Jared Goff is what I've come to expect a little bit more when you when you step back and don't look at this season that he had. Because, I mean, he, obviously, he really didn't have a great – like, rejuvenation of Jared Goff, right? Yeah. But if you step back and look at his career – um, I've just, I've never been overly impressed with Jared Goff and I can't put my finger on why it's, you know, it's probably, I, I just, I don't know. He just, I, he doesn't strike me as kind of one of those fiery leaders. Um, I mean, you look at, you know, Brock Purdy is pretty, pretty even Steven kind of level-headed dude too. Mm -hmm. Um, but you could see, like, you can see the fire in him. Jared Goff reminds me of uh, Jay Cutler. Mm -hmm. Like you could have kicked his puppy or given him $50 million and his face would have been the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry, like, and I get, you know, and I, I understand, like, it's good not to get emotionally too high or too low. And so that's great and all, but then I look over and I watch Lamar Jackson, I watch Patrick Mahomes and also just what I've seen from them throughout the season and kind of throughout their careers. Those are some fiery mofos. Mm -hmm. Like they, like they wear it on their sleeve a little bit, not mm -hmm. too much to where it affects their decision-making and it affects their play, but they wear it on their sleeve. And, and I love that. And Jared Goff has just always been so kind of bleh. Well, and we and we as people, we appreciate passion, right? I mean, there's something special, especially when, like, and I, and I can speak both from a sports perspective and a music perspective, right? Let's take an example. George Strait. What's George Strait going to do? He's going to stand there up on that microphone and sing He's for an hour and a half, two hours, however long. He's going to look to the right. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Back to the left. <laughs> Maybe middle deck to the right. Yeah. But he didn't have to. But I love his music, but it doesn't that's not a show. It's not a it's it's not a concert. It's like I go and it's no, it's a concert, it's not a show. It's it's not a show. Whereas you take the other side of that coin, flip it, boom, Garth Brooks. What does that guy do? He's running around left and right, front and center, basically a rock and roll show disguised as a country show. Yeah. And it's entertaining and it's fun and there's pyrotechnics and there's spinning. I mean, you know, they, you know, do the ro rotating drum kits and all this. It's 
it's a production and people appreciate that level of passion. That's what got people really digging on Garth. And that was definitely the thing that got me into Garth. So I've always had a bigger affinity for that. And that reflects in how I liked to perform. Well, so passion. But what's funny is, and George Strait is really one of the bigger anomalies in all of music, not just country. True. True. But there's there's not really as much of a direct parallel to quarterbacks as you would think there is, though, because there are some super level-headed quarterbacks that I like you like to watch them operate because they're surgical. You know they're passionate, but they're not showing a bit of it. Good, bad, or otherwise. So there's it, it's kind of the same, but it's kind of the diff- it's kind of different. Jared Goff isn't like, you know, level headed, just badass kind of guy that just kind of rolls through things, and he's always kind of got this look on his face. He's not mad. He's just kind of focused. Into he just like he always looks like he's just kind of like, hello, mm. I'm playing football today, <laughs> like, and and but but I love the lines. Obviously, you know, you, yeah. Campbell, Glenn, Josh Reynolds. Josh, you know, Josh will tell you he had a couple of unfortunate drops. Um, but I, I was, I was shocked that the lines got out to the start that they did, mm-hmm. but then I was shocked that they didn't hold on because yeah. they did, they did nothing in the third quarter. No. And, and going there, back, there's plenty going, of blame on that. Mm-hmm. And when you go and you watch like the post game, one of the things I really appreciated uh, hearing from Dan Campbell was he kept it very real, which is something he always does. Yeah. And he said, you know, he, he can't, he comes out and he says, you know, I'm not saying this is the one shot we had, but this was the easiest shot we were going to have because no, nobody's going to be um, surprised by us next year. And that's and that's the thing. When you do have that one year where you spike up and get everybody's attention, if you don't win it all that year, you do paint a target on yourself for that next season. Look at look at 2012 with AM and Johnny Manziel. You know, we don't make it all the way to the title game, but all of a sudden you have a Heisman winning quarterback and everybody wants to get after the Heisman winning quarterback. But but I also do still think that there is a difference though. There is between between college and pro because yeah. your ability to maintain the talent in the locker room will always be easier in the NFL. True. It's like it's like very specifically in this light, the way he built that roster and the grit and and just the dudes that he put on there. You know, there, I'm sure there's some dudes that you know, there's some high priced guys on that roster. Yeah. There are some guys that are that are do some raises, I'm sure. Like every there's always somebody in a contract here. But to be able to keep the core together, I, I think the one thing will be challenging for him is keeping Aaron Glenn around. I know Aaron Glenn already uh interviewed for one job. I think Panthers, maybe I can't remember. Um, but I know he interviewed for one, but you know, his ability to maybe re- basically recruit Aaron Glenn back in like into the fold for like, hey. If we can add these couple of pieces, do you think we can run it back? And if so, like stay so we can run it back. Yeah, because I mean, you could go take a head coaching job and never sniff the playoffs the rest of your career, or you have a team that I mean, you got a target paint on you a little bit, but you're all professionals. So again, you know, the parity in the NFL is just so much. It's so much greater. It is, and, and- you can you can paint a target on on, on a team's back. But the reality is, is once that ball, you know, once the ball gets snapped in the NFL, it's still dude on dude. And and if and if the line, if the Lions are going to play somebody that they're equal talent or slightly better, I'll take the Lions all day because of like the culture that Dan Campbell has built in Detroit. Yeah. And and truly instilled in these players. And you saw it like you saw it no matter how many Detroit games you watch this year, that it's they're 
they're different than most teams that you see in the NFL. They really are. The teams that say they play for each other and they play hard. No, Detroit does these things. Yeah. And they are a direct reflection of Dan Campbell. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see how this, you know, this team continues to grow. And yeah, I understand he said those things. And I think that was, you know, at least trying to keep it real in the thought process of, yeah, nobody did, nobody at this point doesn't know who you are. But you can go in and continue to build on that. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the NFC North right now is yours. I mean, really, it's between you and the Packers. Well, it's, between you and, it's really between you and Jordan Love. Right. So, well, and that's the catch. And I think you saw it, it as as people started watching more and more of the lines as the year went on, because especially Aggies, because of the feel-good story of having Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn there. Of course. I think you saw it because everybody loves watching the post-game you know, locker room, right, like the speeches that Dan gives. Um, you saw the owner and, and the GM come around and you can just tell that they trust him. So, yeah. you know, Dan has a vision for next year. Well, I'm sure he already does. Like he's yeah. an NFL coach. They work at a different level of intellect and planning, mm-hmm. but you know, if his plan for next year is feasible at all for this owner and GM, what reason do they not have to trust him? He just took him to the flipping NFC championship game. Which, which mind you is something they've never done. Yeah, like, it was, was the first home playoff game in 34 years, 31, 34 years, something like that. And you got two of them. off a handful of things that they just don't do. They don't do in Detroit. They, no. The Lions have been a joke forever. I mean, if they had Barry Sanders and they weren't good. Right. I they, mean, literally 0-16, like the yeah. worst season in the history of the sport. Like, it is harder to not win games. Yeah, it's statistically. It's from the, like the video from the Browns fan. Yes. Yes. It is statistically harder to be this bad, this consistently, than it is to occasionally be good. <laughs> exactly. It's like, at some point, everything comes back to the meme. It's like, it's a bell curve. It really is. You cannot be that bad or that good without trying. <laughs> well, but that said, I, obviously, uh, tip of the cap to what they've done in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a monster job. When he took that job, what a monster undertaking that was trying to turn that into to a and you know what's weird is if he had failed nobody would have cared everybody fails there right in every single media outlet that whenever he came in and said the things he was wanting to do they all said the same thing oh whatever write them off it's not gonna work here in detroit guy not gonna work and two years later what do you have you have a team that made it all the way to the nfc championship game and frankly a team that going into next year a lot of people are gonna say is going to be a favorite to make the playoffs again. Frankly, screw up, like, frankly, you take away a handful of screw-ups and they're in the Super Bowl. True. I'm not even talking about the play calling. I have no problem with it. It's easy to armchair quarterback this on a Monday and say, well, yeah, if you kick the field goals, you win the game. Yeah. But if you'd have kicked the field goals all year long when he didn't kick the field goals, would they have even been there? Nope. That And that's what people, like, if you just heard about the lines and you watched the post-game speeches, but you never really paid attention to the games – it's easy to say, well, yeah, if you just kick the field goals, if you saw the Lions play and you understand his true approach to like them playing football and their attack in games, yeah, he was never going to kick those. No, and the approach, <laughs> is, you know, the the approach is good, and everybody understands that the expectation has been set. The execution has to be there. So when you do have those unfortunate drops, right. or you have the weird ricochets, or you know, the little things, three drops and a ricochet, and Detroit's. Going to Vegas. That's that's all it is. Those little things make a big difference, whether people like it or not. So I'm excited to see the yards. Do there, yeah. 
Yep, the inches make the yards, man. They absolutely do. You're correct. So, um, obviously, wouldn't mind looking into the Super Bowl matchup. Obviously, next week. You we'll know, do that next week. We'll break that. it down a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll do kind of a Super Bowl breakdown next week, mm -hmm. and and obviously, ideally, have better news concerning basketball results. Oh yeah, I ideally be great. That'd be good. Hey, hey, think about this. Starting next week, we are two weeks out from baseball, so we can start really getting into baseball finally. You're 11 days from softball. I know, and we're very close yeah. to softball, too. So now, be Next week's show will be Super Bowl and softball, and the week after will be baseball. Yep. It'll, probably much, it'll pretty much just be all baseball, unless Aggie basketball is on a run. Yeah, so we'll. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into baseball. <laughs> I'm ready to change up our little intro that y'all get to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think and I think we're all looking forward to and well, and again, you know, I say this all the time, and I know I don't know if people actually take me face value or not, but man, I'm looking forward to softball too. You know, I, I really do follow the men and women's sports, and I know not all Aggies do, and I get that. Like it's a, that is what it is. You grew up, you you only watch football, or you only watch football and baseball. You know, and very very few people grew up watching and living and dying by Aggie basketball. We've addressed our fan base about that plenty of times. Oh sure. Um, but, you know, and I'll bang this drum every time, though. Like, you need to pay attention and you need to make your way out to support the ladies, too, because they're putting the same amount of work. All right. Quite frankly, you say it out loud, say it with your chest. They're not getting the NIL that the men are. Nope. All right. Because it's really based generally off of revenue. Right. The bigger the revenue sport, the more attention people pay for it, or attention people pay to it, the yep. more they're willing to give. But I, I would highly encourage you to go out to Davis Diamond. Um, mm -hmm. and you can wait until it's warmer. That's fine. Like you ain't got to catch the first weekend. If it's going to be chilly, go out to Davis diamond though. Go catch the, the Aggie women's basketball uh, team out of Reed. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm a firm believer in Joni Taylor, yep. um, until she absolutely gives me multiple reasons to not be. So, um, but on the men's side, I, I, I need to start seeing something and that's unfortunate, but it's true. And, if you weren't getting paid like top 12 money, it would be different. Yeah, it's very and, true. And, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and we're all still obviously coming off the heels of paying another coach way too much money to not get results. And so I, I think, and, and a lot of basketball fans, I always laugh about this when I hear Logan Lee, like they're not like on the boards, the ones that are like burning everything down. Those are generally football fans that are waiting on baseball. And yeah. so they just like wander over to the basketball board with their, like they understand the actual rules of basketball, but that's about where the knowledge ends. Um, right. And so I get that. And, and, and I look, I, I grew up playing basketball, but I, but I'll tell you right now, I, I don't, I don't religiously, I, I religiously watch Aggie basketball. I don't really watch any other college basketball until we get to March. Unless every once in a while, um, if there's nothing else on TV, I'll watch Duke, North Carolina. I always watch tobacco road. I mean, I'll watch a couple of the like Kansas, Kentucky, if they play, I'll watch, but, Outside of that, if it's not the tournament and it's not AM, I'm not watching college basketball. So I don't I don't go on the boards and say a damn thing. Yeah. You know, well, this, this is my platform to talk about things. And I try to be as specific to AM as I can be because that's what I watch. Yeah, that's true. And like I said I like to speak on things that I'm a little bit more knowledgeable on. I'm not gonna sit here and speak. Well, don't go, don't go to the boards then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Very yeah, no, I have not been on honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I went on the AM basketball board. The only board I've been on lately has been baseball, and that's just because I do my uniform updates on there. 
Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a I'm a premium guy, uh, mostly just for all the content that Texas staff puts out, just because it's so. They, I mean, they just put out so much. Oh, yeah. uh, I like from Billy all the way down to the interns. They put out so much great, uh, so much great content. I'm a premium guy uh, of the soccer board, you know, because mm-hmm. all the all the Premier League stuffs on there. Oh yeah, and those those are fun too. Well, yeah, we'll have more to talk about too when Afcon is over and AsiaCon is over, and we can actually start talking about Premier League again. Well, and yeah. well, hold on, we're gonna get to that in a second. The, the bombshell news. You can sit there and frown and be sad in your sadness. I can be um, sad in my sadness, but also happy with the result of the guy that we're gonna go pick up. That's true. Because <laughs> the guy, the guy that's currently in line, not a bad, but I do. Not a bad pick. Uh, soccer, and then outdoors. The outdoors board is great. Those dudes are yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. Um, but it would be like me going on the outdoors board and telling people, you know, how to build a muzzle loader. Yeah. Like I know a lot about guns, but come on, dog. Like, yeah. And then uh, I love, I love the, uh, I, I go on the military board. I go on the Aguilane board and there's actually a real estate board, which is really helpful. There's a ton of lenders on there. So it's kind of a nice little community, but, yeah. um, but other than that, I'll hop on the baseball board um, generally preseason. Right. But I stay away from game threads. Yeah, no, those are not fun because, I mean, it's game threads are no different than if you're watching the game via Twitter because it's the same people that are going to be like, oh, my God, the whole world is falling to hell. And they're da-da-da. like typing and copying and just pasting it back and forth. Yeah. And then at the end of the, you know, you look at the thread, you would have thought that World War Three had started. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, we won it by two scores. Yeah, we're like, fire the chancellor. We struck out. You're like, I, I don't I can't with you. Um, I need to chill out. But I do want to touch on this a little bit, and, and sorry to do so. But and and for those of you that don't care about Premier League, you really won't care about this. But um, but Jurgen Klopp, who's manager of Liverpool and has a really fantastic career, not just at Liverpool, but incredible. Um, yeah. He's one of those dudes that you kind of it's hard to hate him. I mean, if unless you're Everton, so Everton and Liverpool are really kind of close to like Ags and Sips. Like that's a big big time rivalry. You can literally see one stadium from the other. Um, but I mean, unless you're a diehard Everton guy, and even then, like Roger from Men and Blazers, Roger Bennett, he's a die, they're diehard Everton guys, but you got to respect what Klopp has done and, and the achievements he's had. And was it Sunday morning? It was Sunday morning, right? Yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, just woke up to a bombshell ESPN alert because Jurgen Klopp is not old. No, no, woke up to this bombshell report that he's just he's retiring. Yep, he's just done. He's done. And, and- and he made it clear that he's not going anywhere else. He's he's not if, if he coaches ever again in England, it won't be for any club other than Liverpool. So if he were to come back, it would it would be back at Anfield. Right. Um, but he made it very clear and he said it. And, and I think it's crazy because this almost this almost wasn't like a mental health thing. Like he just straight up said it. Like, I don't have the energy for this. No. He said I'm fine, health, I don't not a health issue. No. But he's like, I just don't have the energy for this. And you think about you have 38 matches in a Premier League season, plus a handful of friendlies, plus you have the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, generally Liverpool's in the Champions League. Um, so you start adding all of this stuff together, and it's understandable. And and I always I always kind of dislike Klopp complaining about the length of seasons and how many, like, well, if you don't want to play in that many matches, just don't be so good. Like, that's the answer. If you don't want to play in that many matches, quit qualifying for Europa and quit qualifying for Champions League. You're not but, wrong. But... but- what a legend, man. And yeah. what a what a dude to be a legend so young. How old is he? He's 56. And so, 56. So, so the man's 56 years old and just at Liverpool. Wins the Premier League title at Liverpool, which was the done in the first time in 30 years when he did it. Uh won the FA Cup, won the League Cup, 
won the Community Shield, won Champions League and ran, finished runner-up twice, won the Super Cup in 19, Club World Cup in 19, and uh, was a Europa League runner-up in 15-16. The he dude only win FA once? Yeah. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool typically doesn't do well in the FA Cup in recent years. We tend to throw our, our kids at it most of the time, so – it's, normally... well, it's shocking that it's what well, that's just honestly i'll be honest that's shocking you didn't win more fa and champions right and, <laughs> and i know those like aren't the easiest things to go out and win but right that's shocking that he doesn't have at least two right well so and the fact you know you've won champions league once and you finished up runner-ups twice so you were in line for three of them which at this point still number one in the uk as far as being like the yeah. as far as number of titles and now the way as it stands, you know, the way the the year's panning out, you have a chance to win the Carabao Cup again against Chelsea on Sunday. So that's another piece of hardware. And um, you're on to in your top of the league um, right now. Hi. Who are you playing in the Carabao? We're playing Chelsea. Yeah, you're gonna win. Yes. Beat the hell out of them. But there's there's a old um old West well, not old, still one of the West Ham chants. That's from Stanford, Stanford Bridge to Upton Park. Stick the blue flag up your arse. Liverpool's my my personal favorite Liverpool chant for Chelsea is "F off Chelsea FC." You ain't got no history. Nine as a as a, as a yeah um yeah six European clubs, nineteen leagues. That's what we call history. So it's just like Liverpool Chelsea. That's been a more recent thing but obviously well, Liverpool and Chelsea are still part of the big six like when it comes to West Ham and Chelsea that's a London derby it is you know and and depending on how things keep going with the championship league we're gonna have like eight or nine clubs out of London playing in the freaking Premier League yeah I mean really it, it's, weird. it's definitely growing out there but I mean yeah I mean hats off to Jurgen Klopp on an incredible career in oh, such gosh, a yes. short in I hope it's not done one. yeah and I, I really do hope that he can find his way back to the beautiful game and especially around Anfield because we love him. I love him. I, I couldn't be happier with him as a manager. And watch well, in two years, he'll be at Air Miami coaching Messi. <laughs> I mean, well, he, said, he said he wouldn't coach a club in England that wasn't Liverpool. He didn't and say that, he couldn't coach Inter Miami. No, and that's fine. You know, if, if he was to come over to the States, I wouldn't blame him. That's low pressure environment over here. Especially if you have Messi. I mean, all you gotta yeah. do is just trot him out there. And Suarez. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have talent for days that want to play for one of the best managers in the freaking game. So I get it. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to give really an analogy for him retiring at, at that age. Like, it's just tough. Like, imagine if Jimbo had had, like, come off the uh, uh, the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Had gone New Year's Six three more years in a row and just walked away. No, he would have had to win a title. So let's yeah. say he won a title and went New Year's Six the other two years. So in four years, we had three New Year's Six and a national title, and he's like, I'm in my 50s. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Like, if I come back and coach, it'll be at A&M, but I'm out. Like, that's that's the equivalent because most college football coaches, American football, obviously, um, yeah. and and even pro, they they can't walk away when they should. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Ring well. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or they get canned because Jerry, jo Jerry Jones is a jerk face. I'm, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, don't mad about that, Jimmy Johnson. Oh yeah, well, and yeah, that, that'll. I think that's just a forever football gods thing, punishing the Cowboys for doing that. Did you hear it? So, if you haven't heard it, by the way, <clears throat> go on to Texags, and on Friday, I believe it was Friday, um, David Nuno had Herm Edwards on. 
Oh, I love her. And so first of all, it was a fantastic interview. Nuno gives great interviews, and Herm Edwards is you know, a fantastic dude. But they touched on the Cowboys a little bit, and his first thing was, if I was there, the first thing I would do is like because he's he goes, I feel I feel like you know when guys get to the Cowboys, they feel like they're already a star. You know, they got the star in the helmet, they feel like they're already a star because they're part of the Cowboy. Because mm-hmm. I just take the stars away. Like you get the camp, you got a silver helmet. Yep, you got to earn it. I agree. Like he said, even more so maybe than some other franchises because Jerry Jones has marketed him well. But I don't want to get my Cowboys. <laughs> well, all I know upcoming for shows. Yeah, upcoming shows. Upcoming Go. shows. We have Oklahoma this week. Oklahoma, where the wind mm-hmm. blows through. Yeah, sweeping down the plain. We will be rolling up to uh, Hocha Towns. <laughs> Rolling up to Hochtown Saloon right outside of Broken Bow on Friday night. And then we will be in Tulsa for anybody who might be up in that region. Nice. We're playing at the Vanguard, which is a cool uh, club that we've discovered. Um, more or less our stepping stone potentially to Canes uh, after that. So uh, we'll go play Vanguard and hopefully put on a phenomenal show. We I know there's a ton of people that have bought tickets up there because they are chomping at the bit to see us back in Tulsa. Uh, last time we played there, uh, we did an acoustic show at the Mercury Lounge and sold it out. So, uh, nice. yeah, and it was, it was like, yeah, straight acoustic show. Mind you, this is one of the craziest shows. Great story, by the way. We drive up there. This is the night of the release of our album. So our album was going to release at 11 p.m. that night because of Spotify releases at midnight Eastern. So 11 o'clock, our album was coming out. Excited for it, right? Well, we're getting ready to play the Merc. As we're walking up to the venue, the venue owner tells us, hey, uh, we kind of screwed up. Like, this is not normally something we do, but we accidentally double booked for the day. You guys and a drag show. So the drag show wasn't scheduled to take place until about 10 o'clock. And they said, well, here's here's the deal. What if you guys... <laughs> Roy's running away on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but what was really funny was uh the owner said hey you know if you guys just want to play an hour do like a little stripped acoustic thing that's fine we said easy get in there played for an hour just played the songs we wanted to play you know if somebody requested something we would play it it was great we got through it it was fun and we got paid the same walked out went to waterburger sat down and listened to our album it was great sold out room and they loved it so get, get me back up there to tulsa so we'll be there on saturday night if you're up in the tulsa area um and then after that we're pretty much done for february uh we have a couple of little things uh rehearsals uh studio time but uh this month is a lot of weddings uh chase our drummer is getting married towards the end of the month and Carson is a best man in a wedding the week before. So uh, wedding, wedding participation, not playing weddings. Yes, we are. Okay. Yes. There are weddings okay. happening that we Get are out not. of the way. Yes. Nothing around Omaha, nothing in the fall, figure it out. Amen. So they're getting it done right now. You know, kind of in a slow time of the year. So let's get those out of the way. We're getting into March. I'll, uh, as when we get a little bit closer to March, I'll be sharing everything else. But once again, if you didn't catch it earlier in the podcast, February 23rd, get ready. That will be Marlboro's at Midnight release. We're very excited for y'all to check it out. It's gonna be video and everything. Video and everything. Okay. So you're not uh, gonna you're not gonna release the song ahead of time. No, they're both gonna come out same day. Okay, well, I'm gonna beat it out of them just so I can hear it, but <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure we can get something arranged. Yeah, see, you don't have fall weddings because of football, right? Yeah. Aggie baseball schedule, you probably can't see it because they have the blur on. You know when you can have a wedding 
the weekend of McNeese State or Incarnate Word or Wagner or the Lamar midweek game. Get married on a Tuesday. Why not? I can deal with that. You're trying to tell me you're going to get married when we're playing Florida? Right. <laughs> no respect. No respect. No respect. So we're going to be out there for those. That'll, that'll be fun. I mean, Chase's wedding is going to be a blast. I mean, the, the kid puts on a – he always has a lot of fun, so it should be nice. fun. But um, definitely looking forward to those and looking forward to those shows uh, as we're leaning in towards uh, later on. We're going to be playing – I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week, but one uh, show we picked up that I'm very excited about, uh, we're playing out at Concrete Street down there in Corpus. They're doing um, their big spring break on the coast show. And uh, the names on this lineup are Midland, um, Megan Maroney, who is blowing up right now, uh, Tyler Halverson and ourselves. We're the four that are on that lineup. So looking forward to playing out there. Concrete Street, that's a big, big crowd every single year. So looking forward to getting out there on the beach. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't have so, much other than just put my nose to the grind. Absolutely. So. It's a good way to be. Like yeah. I just, I put it, I just did my Monday market update before we hopped on this and, and I said it on there. Like I, think I said it earlier, I think it's February, man. What the crap? Mm -hmm. but, well, be sure to go check out those updates. Uh, triple R on YouTube as triple well. R with Roy. With Roy. Yeah. Triple R with Roy. Triple R with Roy. Go check it out. Be sure you go check out. It's my YouTube page. It's my YouTube page. Yeah, go check out that YouTube page. Check out our Instagram. Check out Shred Dirt's Instagram if you wouldn't mind. Please check out Carson Jeffrey's Instagram and be ready for those releases. They're all coming. We're very excited for all of those things. I am very much ready to go to sleep. It was a long week, my friend. <laughs> I was. I did not get much sleep this week. We were working hard. That's never a bad thing. It's never a bad thing, but I'm Rob White. He's Roy May. We are the Red Ass Podcast. Thank you. Take care. Beat the hell out of Florida. And let's go have ourselves a wonderful week. Yeah. Yeah.